Hello, and welcome back to Holding Space Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Cassidy. In today's episode, I virtually sit down with Dr. Therese. Therese is a clinical psychologist. You can find her on social media at Exploring Therapy. And she offers online therapy as a digital nomad. What is a digital nomad, you might be asking yourself? I had the same question, and I'm happy to report that this episode really clarifies what this is and what this means. But just a little preview, Dr. Therese offers therapy virtually online, and her business follows her wherever she goes, and she spends the majority of her time traveling. Yes, how incredible is that? So in this episode, we explore what that looks like, the ins and outs of offering therapy online. We also talk about therapists showing up in the digital arena in platforms like social media. I also have a very special announcement that I want to share with all of you podcast listeners. If you are a clinician who is interested in or has a private practice, I have an e-course that is launching this August August 12th. If you look at my show notes, you can read all about it, but I'm launching an e-course all about growing and building a modern private practice. This e-course will cover everything from developing and honing in your vision and values for your practice, your ideal client, your niche. Then from there, we go into the like nuts and bolts of launching a private practice, protecting yourself, establishing your your business, um, designing your office space. And then we go into modern marketing, talking about how to do things like run a podcast and um, create really aligned partnerships to broaden your reach and share your voice how to show up on social media, the legal ethical considerations, all the creative fun stuff in creating posts. We also talk about things like boundaries and self-care because if I'm, if I'm offering all of these ideas for things that you can be doing in a modern practice, I also want to take into consideration how many directions all that pulls us in and ways that you can hone in on where you want to spend your energy and how to care for yourself in the process. If you go to the show notes, you can find a direct link to read all about it and to join the waitlist so that when it launches, you'll be the first to hear. All right, let's get to the conversation with Dr. Therese. I'm so excited to share her with all of you. Let's get to it. You're listening to Holding Space Podcast with Dr. Cassidy Freitas, licensed marriage and family therapist. The information shared in this podcast is not a substitute for seeking help from a licensed mental health professional. Now, let's jump in. Hello, Dr. Therese. Thank you so much for taking the time to start your week with me. Uh, It's Monday morning at 9 a.m. and this is just such a beautiful way to start the week. Thank you so much for taking the time. Good morning, Dr. Cassidy. Thank you so much for having me. So it is so fun to get a chance to chat with you here virtually. I remember first stepping into the world of social media as a licensed professional. So I had been on social media before blogging and in some creative ways, but never as a licensed therapist. Um, When I was doing the creative stuff, I was actually not even using my real last name just because I felt like these two identities had to be really separate from each other. And I finally took, the, you know, got brave and like took the step to say, you know, you know, I think that my voice as a licensed therapist 
can and should be in this digital arena. So I stepped in kind of cautiously and worried. And then I found this community of therapists. And I think you were one of the first people to like reach out and say, hey, come and join our community and like (laughs) let's connect. And I just, I don't know if this, if anybody's ever shared this with you before, but you feel, I feel like you're a community builder, like a connector. Like you like kind of like bring in people. Does that, has anybody ever told you that before? Oh my gosh, you are making my day because that is so, it's something I'm so passionate about. So thank you for that. That means a lot to me. And yeah, I, I definitely feel like this time, you know, a year, year and a half ago, there were like a few brave soldiers who <laughs> were in mental health who decided to kind of enter into the world of social media as therapists. And it was, I, I don't know about for you, but for me, it was really scary because oh. it, in my training, I always felt like we were told, you know, keep your life very private. Don't have public social media accounts. You want to be a blank slate for your clients. And, you know, of course I definitely appreciate, um, professionalism and being able to create an ideal environment for our clients to heal. Um, but I will say that I'm so glad that I got over that fear because Instagram has been such a beautiful source of community for myself, community Mm -hmm. for the people who are mental health advocates in the world And I'm so glad I did it because I've been been able to meet such amazing colleagues like yourself. And so, yeah, there were, there were definitely not very many of us in the beginning, but I feel like now there's a lot more, don't you think? Oh, absolutely. And like, I have so many therapists now reaching out, like interested in like, how do we, how do we do this? Right? Like, how do we come into the digital arena, the larger wellness conversation online, and both uphold the integrities of our licenses while also saying, I'm no longer going to stay small, quiet and private. Like I can be I can uphold the integrity of my license while also like, not like, 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 yes, bringing our voice into this larger wellness conversation. And I just was so grateful to come into the world cautiously and find you. And you were <laughs> like, I think you, you, you had already been in it, I think, cause you were like out there brave, like, you, you know, sharing your voice. And I'm like, okay, if she's doing this, I can too. <laughs> so, well, you know, I remember when I started, I was like, I don't know what to do either. And so I, like searched all around for other psychologists who I thought were trying to kind of do the same thing I was. There weren't many of us out there. And so I ended up creating um, a little group. I reached out. This is so funny. I felt like I was like the new kid in school. I, um, I reached out to other psychologists and just introduced myself and said, Hey, you know, I'd like to create a group where we can support each other. And, you know, I kind of felt like I was saying, will you be my friend? Um, (laughs) And, you know, I did, I, I sought out women who I thought, you know, would just be amazing to get to know women that I admired who were also psychologists and mothers and just incredible women. And we've had our mastermind group now for like a year and a half and the group has changed my life, but I don't think I'd be where I am now um, Mm -hmm. without their support and their sisterhood, really being able to kind of go through all the awkwardness of trying to learn how to do this. Like, you know, all those questions that you ask about, like, how can I maintain my professional identity and share and disclose? And I think it was, um, my friend, Dr. Jen Hardy, who you might be familiar with, she has amazing quotes that she posts on Instagram. And she has, um, a little post-it note quote that she shares that says something like, it's not a crime to put yourself out there Um, because I do think sometimes we have weird baggage around 
yes. sharing that we are professionals in the world that offer services. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's a lot of fear around it that kind of just comes from old discourses. Um, and, you know, I think that Again, like I said, there are ways for us to let go of some of those old messages and that old messaging that kind of just keeps us small and being able to step in and grow and share our work and share our services and share resources. And I think that we're actually called to do that because our licenses Mm -hmm. hold us accountable that if we're putting something out there, like we, we are going to share where that's coming from, right? Like it's not just Mm -hmm. like random information. Like we have access to data, to research, to all of this knowledge from our education and our training that we can and should be sharing with the larger community. Um, right. So that's just staying in like, you know, the ivory towers of like research, which it often does for, you know, decades sometimes before it gets down to the actual stakeholders. So, right. And um, there's also a lot of misinformation out there. And that really concerns me because there's a lot of people giving out health information that don't necessarily have the education behind them. So I agree with you completely, Dr. Cassidy. I think it's about access. I think it's, of course, it's about not making ourselves small, um, but it's also about just being able to reach a wider audience. And at the end of the day, it's about also being relevant to people in the world. And I think being relevant as mental health professionals is so mm-hmm. important. And we're not relevant if we're just staying within the four walls of our office. Yes. Yep. I couldn't agree more. Oh, so grateful to have so quickly found you when I first stepped into social media as a licensed professional. So Dr. Therese, could you share just a little bit of your context for anybody who's listening who doesn't know you yet and is getting to know you through this episode? Just a little bit of context of where you come from, how you came to do this work, um, just a little bit of your story. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm from California, and I've been a licensed psychologist for over a decade now. I can't believe that when I say that. And recently, in the past four years, I took my practice completely remote. So I'm an online therapist. I see all of my clients via the internet. And I recently, um, about a year ago, became a full-time digital nomad, meaning that in addition to working online, I also travel a majority of the time while I work. And it's been such a blessing to me to be able to live life in this way. Because when I was in private practice, obviously, I love the work of um, being with clients. In private practice, one of my frustrations was always that, you know, I didn't get all of the benefits of working with a big company, right? You have to do a lot on your own, you have to pay for your own insurance. And the other thing was no vacation days, no paid vacation days, right? So when I, whenever I traveled, not only did that mean that, of course, you're, you're taking on the expenses of travel, but also I was getting hurt, like kind of hit twice because I wouldn't be able to make that income from seeing clients. So the digital nomad lifestyle has been such a dream come true for me because I get to marry my love of travel with also my love of what I do as a therapist, and I don't have to choose between the two. Hmm. Yes. Okay. So, how, like, what does this actually like look like? So, are you like, where are you seeing like, wh- how, where are you seeing clients, and how are you? I'm just like, 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 technically, how does this all happen? You know? Like, <laughs> yeah. 
to the therapists who are listening, um, if you're licensed in, and I'm an MFT, so it might be different for psychologists, but if you're licensed in, does it work like for psychologists, are you licensed in the state of California? Like, how does that work in terms of seeing clients from, and are your clients from around the world? It's a great question. And there is so much happening. Being an online therapist is kind of like the wild west in that there, the laws and regulations haven't fully caught up what yeah. I think where this practice is going. But essentially, because I'm licensed in the state of California, all of the clients that I work with are within my state of licensure. And mm-hmm. there are some there's there are some agreements between states. There's one called SIPACT, which is an agreement between multiple states where it gives you more latitude to work with folks from a grouping of states, which is really, really nice. But to be honest with you, unfortunately, it's not um, that easy for therapists, let's say, to work with clients from all sorts of different locations. And so right. I think that's something that really needs to change yeah. because our world is just less defined by geographic yeah. boundaries these days with yeah. the internet, you know? And yeah. so I just don't think it's realistic to expect that we will we will continue to work within these state boundaries, these state geography lines, you know? Um, yeah. But yeah, I always get asked the question about telehealth because I think therapists are realizing that this is a really um, like refreshing and enriching way to live. And, you know, there's lots of resources that are starting to come into play. I know that I offer, you know, an online course to help people understand the ins and outs of telehealth. And what I want to say to therapists who are considering it is go for it. It's not as hard or overwhelming as you think that it is. And it does take a little bit of courage because it's a little bit outside the box of traditional therapy practice, but it is actually so doable. And I think it just depends on your lifestyle and your needs. So for example, if you have a lot of young children in your, in your home, if you're a mom, you may not be able to travel full time, but you can certainly take extended time away and be able to bring your kids with you and, you know, in the summers and be able to see your clients and not have to skip a beat with your therapy practice. Um, For someone like me, I travel practically full time. And so it does require a little bit of like developing a rhythm and a system for how I do that. So, you know, I always have my white noise machine so that if there's different sound Mm -hmm. issues in the places I'm in, I have that white noise machine to help. Um, I have all my tech, right? So I have my laptop and my lighting and headphones and basic things like that. Um, But you know, it, it takes a little bit of preparation, of course, and a little bit of planning, but it is so worth it. And it's actually not as much work as I think people think that it is. Yeah. You know, I just opened up my telehealth option. Um, I want to say now a year ago, but before that I was so resistant. It's so funny. Cause I, I sort of like identify as like a modern practitioner who, you know, is mm-hmm. using modern marketing and on social media, um, and doing podcasts and things like this. But when it came to doing like telehealth and video sessions for clients, I was so resistant. And I think, again, it was just old messaging that like, no, like I need to be in person with this person. And, and I mm-hmm. also, I see the value for some of my clients where it really is important for them to get out of the house. But the thing is, is they can get out of the house and still do a video session. They don't need to be in my office. And so once I um, opened it and I use a HIPAA compliant platform through um, just simple practice is what I Mm -hmm. use. And it is wild how the minute we log on, like 
it doesn't like it's as if they are in my office. Like I'm usually doing the sessions from my office, mm-hmm. like most often. Um, but it's like they're in here. It it doesn't like nothing skips a beat, and it's just so. It's so wild. And I think the extra steps that I've had to take as a clinician, um, you know, is that, you know, I, I see clients that are in the state of California. And so sometimes they're not in San Diego where I'm from. And it just means I take a few extra steps to make sure that I'm familiar with the resources in that person's area, um, just in case there was ever a crisis and they needed a higher level of care mm-hmm. that I could take steps to make sure that I had resources there or could um, give good referrals in their area. Like, let's say they wanted to, you know, see a, um, a physician in their area, like they needed a general practitioner or psychiatry, you know? And so it's, yeah, it's taken just those extra steps of just being familiar with the area. But that is something that being in the digital arena as a practitioner has been pretty easy right. to do because there are connections. Yeah. So it just all ends up like really, really flowing into each other and, and really, um, I don't know, it's really expanded my practice. It's helped me work with folks who would otherwise not mm-hmm. seek services because there is anybody in their area that maybe has um, my specialty, for instance. And so it's it's just been overall a really positive step. I'm so glad to hear that. And I completely agree with your experience as well. I think a lot of clinicians will ask, you know, but what about the connection? Isn't it difficult, you know, to feel that same, you know, warmth and rapport with your client? And my answer is typically not, you know. In fact, for some of my clients, having a resource to see their therapist online has really been a game changer for them. Um, sometimes because they have social anxiety and it's too difficult for them, for them to make that first step into a brick and mortar office. And so that's a big deal. And right. actually, this is really interesting for my younger clients, especially, they feel more comfortable connecting with someone on a screen first. Mm-hmm. That's actually the way that they are relating yeah. to their peers. It's the way that they're comfortable connecting and communicating. And so, you know, a lot of my, I see a lot of teens and young adults and they just, they feel more comfortable that way. You know, if they don't drive, they're able to log on and it's no problem. And here in LA where I'm, you know, where my home is, you don't have to worry about a commute and that can save people two or three hours just in one day from not having to drive to see their therapist. And so I find that my clients really love it and they really love the convenience of it. And so it's kind of a win-win, I think. And I agree with you too. I don't think it's as hard to kind of look out for some of those um, safety measures, you know, for your clients. So making sure that you know about resources in their area, it might take a couple of extra steps, but it's not like, you know, it's not a huge amount of work to just cover your bases to make sure that you have resources available for your clients should they need them. Yeah. I'm so glad we're talking about this for both the listeners who are mm-hmm. therapists, because I know that there's a lot of them that are that are therapists. And for those that aren't, because if you're a therapist, hey, this is these are some really incredible opportunities for you as a clinician to be stepping into. Um, but also, if you're not a therapist, like there are opportunities for connecting with a therapist that you would otherwise maybe think you couldn't access. And so I just think overall, I'm so glad that we're talking about this. Um, so I have, I have a quick question just like 
like a technical thing because I I was uh, I had to take you know the CEUs every two years for law and ethics and I asked the question in my class last time um, like about uh, teletherapy and like being able to do like video sessions or phone sessions like when mm-hmm. I like let's say I, I was traveling to Oregon and I was like can I have sessions with my clients from Oregon and the person actually said no because I was licensed in the state of California and that meant that I was doing therapy out of my state of licensure even though it was the client that lives in California that I had already established care with. It was just while I was going to be out of town. And so I don't know if maybe with NFTs, it's different, but I just want to like, mm-hmm. I want to clarify just based on what you know. And also I know that for some therapists, they actually end up mm-hmm. opening up like coaching businesses, like separate from um, their yes. like licensed work that they're doing so that they can be more accessible. I don't know if you have any information about that. So I have kind of a controversial opinion on that, which I will okay. share, which is, <laughs> <laughs> um, Love it. I, I'm actually really frustrated, not with the therapists who choose to do this. I understand why. And it's because of the fact that there are so many hurdles to provide care to people outside of the state, their state of licensure. And so I understand that because it's very frustrating that you're getting approached by all of these clients who are now connecting with you online. And then because they're not in your state, they cannot see you under yeah. your license. So that's why therapists are creating coaching practices and I understand that um, because they, you know, they're thinking, why? If I can teach in other states, if I can do other things underneath mm-hmm. my license in other states, then why would I not be able to see clients? And so, to me, it's actually a wake-up call to our practice, to the the field of psychology, both for MFTs and psychologists, all licensed professionals, that we need to we need to wake up and actually change how we're doing our work. And I think we need to move into, um, something new. And uh, one of the ideas that's kind of being talked about right now, and I think there's some hope that it will take track, that there will be traction for it to move forward is having the ability to get a special type of permit or license so that you can practice across the U S. And I think that Mm -hmm. is a great solution and makes a lot of sense for where we're going. But I actually think that the limitations in place right now, the state licensure limitation as it's set up is really harming our practice from growth. And I think that's why coaching practices are taking off so much because they're not limited by that. But as you know, coaching practices are not um, regulated. And so that can really leave clients susceptible to harm if there's people out there without, you know, education or without any sort of regulations holding them back from practicing in ways that are, um, you know, harmful to clients. So you're asking great questions, Cassidy. And I do think that there are some differences between the MFT, um, regulations and doctorate or PsyD regulations. And I, it's funny because this is changing so fast that you may have asked the question mm-hmm. back then and the person may have been answering to the best of their ability, but within, yeah. you know, within, um, my understanding and, you know, one of my partners who I created the online therapy course with is Dr. David Luxton, and he actually wrote a book on telehealth for APA. And so his, he's kind of an authority and he knows quite a bit. Yeah, yeah. And so you know, the way that we are practicing now is that it's all about the location of the client. So the originating site is what it's called, the location of the mm-hmm. client. And the client is supposed to be within the state of your licensure, but yeah. it does not matter where the therapist is located. And that could change tomorrow, 
But right now, that's how we're able to practice, which is great for us. Hopefully, yeah. we'll expand to include the client being able because you know, I have, for example, I have a client that um, took a vacation. Technically, it would be an issue for me to see them while they're in another state. Now, right. we as mental health professionals know that there's something called continuity of care and that yes. we want to be able to take care of our clients and not just leave them hanging. So I think we're in a real dilemma, and I'm really hoping that the APA and other organizations that lead the way for mental health in the U.S. will start to change some things. I'm so glad we're talking about these things because I just, in in meeting with therapists, I, I recently held a workshop talking about modern private practices and, and I'm, you know, been doing some consultation and these are questions that therapists are having and there's a lot of fear. And again, I think it's similar to the social media piece where like there was a lot of fear for licensed therapists being on social media because of the messaging. Um, and so we didn't. And when we didn't step into the wellness space online, other people came in, right? People yes. that maybe didn't have necessarily um, the training or the, um, yeah, like the license to sort of to hold them accountable to what it is that they're sharing. Mm -hmm. And again, I have some friends and colleagues that are coaches, like wellness coaches that are like, incredible. Of course. But again, there's there's plenty of folks out there who can just call themselves something, put information out there and it could be it could be very harmful, especially if they're not backing it up with the resources, right? And like have the license to hold them accountable and exactly. mentioned. Exactly. And this is why I don't know if you're familiar with, but there's a there's a new organization called AHSM and it's the Association yeah. for Healthcare Social Media. Have you heard of it? We have, yes. So I'm so excited. I have a small role where I get to be on the advisory board for um, this amazing organization. And it was started by a Harvard-educated doctor named Dr. Austin Chang. And he realized that there was this issue, that there was misinformation out there, and also that there were lots of doctors and medical professionals and mental health professionals that wanted to be on social media, but had no idea where to start, had no idea what regulations there were. There were kind of just like no handles to hang on to for mm -hmm. those of us who were interested in it. And so he created this organization to help start to create some sort of boundaries and framework for how to do social media in a professional way that serves clients and educates them. And I just love it because really he's creating a movement where he's saying, you know what, we're going to raise the bar for what it means to share medical and mental health information online. Mm. Yes, it's so vital. It's so important. I'm, I love that you are a part of it too. Um, and I love that there is this group here spearheading these things. Because again, I, like, I think that you know we were afraid to do that, so we didn't. Others stepped in. Now we're coming into the conversation, into the wellness arena online. And I think that you know the, the, the telehealth um, space is also going to be something that's going to have to evolve and change mm -hmm. as times are changing and allowing us to step into that in a, in a way where we feel confident and we're also accessible. Yes. And I, I really do hope as therapists get more interested in this, they also realize that their voice is so important because it's all about our policies and our regulations. And as therapists and as professionals, we have the ability to change the policies and to make them more relevant. And so I really do hope people kind of make their voices heard and let, let people know what we want to see in our field. Um, so Therese, where can people find you, um, to continue to follow your work and all your travels and all the things that you're doing? 
Thanks for asking. Um, yeah, my digital business card is my Instagram account. And so that is at exploring.therapy um, because I want to um, be available to help people who are exploring therapy and other things that help them be well and build that life they don't need a vacation from. And then my yeah. website is exploringtherapy.com. Amazing. Awesome. Therese, thank you so much again for taking the time. This has been so fun. And I will be sure to anybody who's listening, I will put links to all the things that Therese is, has mentioned in the episode, in the show notes, so that you can just go right there and follow her and continue to have her as a resource. Therese, thank you so much. Thank you. You've been listening to Holding Space Podcast. I hope you enjoyed the information that was shared in this episode. If you did, you might want to subscribe and be the first to hear about future episodes as soon as they air. Thank you so much for sharing this space with me. Have a great day. Bye.